Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this week's episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. We're going to try our best this week to not have such a gargled intro because last week it was frankly appalling. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. And thank you for your feedback. About it. it was our weirdest <laughs> intro. Yeah. It was our weirdest intro, yeah. uh, but I stand by it. Uh, it's still the least, not as distracting as some of the intros we've done before. My name is John Markar. Hello there. Um, this is Amy Shaw. Hello. And this is Andy J. Hi. And we, today, are bringing you a collection of names, as you've probably seen in the title already, because we, Andy and I, Amy sadly wasn't around for this particular media day, but you're here for the intro. Uh, yeah, I mean... And that's the, yeah, that's the bit that people listen to, so... <laughs> or skip, who knows, but please, please listen. <laughs> um, yeah, we did, uh, Andy and I did a little media day, uh, which makes it sound actually a bit less exclusive than it was, because it was ultimately us and one other journalist. Oh, it was very exclusive. Yeah. And actually, it took an awful lot of arranging. Yeah. <laughs> you've, yeah. you've made that out like we just we were invited with a load of other people. Ma- no, it, no, no, invited no, no. en masse. No, we weren't. Yeah. We went along to Millbrook, which is, if you know or don't know, it's the proving ground. It's where many cars go through the final pre-production tests. Uh, it's got its own test track. It's got uphill courses. It's got driveway tests. It's got cobbled tests, all sorts of... I, anyway, long story short, it's a great place to test You know they said eye tests then, John. Eye tests. Yeah, it's got yes. eye tests. Of course, you can also get a new prescription on your reading glasses. Actually, it was a very cool place. It's I've amazing never been place. to Millbrook cool. Proving yeah. Ground before. I imagine you've spent quite a lot of time there, Amy. But they... Um, oh, that's made... Amy's just farted herself. So this is... <laughs> shoot there actually and oh have was, you yeah but it's really cool because it was with the the old Bentley blower and a new Bentley blower and then, oh, yeah that's so we were doing like tracking shots and stuff so it was very cool but it feels like like a very private road it doesn't necessarily feel like a track or anything no. does it 
No, it does, it's not. Yeah, when I say test track, it's not the sense of it's a circuit. Yeah. It's an actual road because the whole place is designed to test actual cars in the real world. And if, even if you may not have seen photos of Millbrook before, you will have seen Millbrook before because there are countless television adverts that use the site for car adverts, cars driving along. Uh, if you've watched Casino Royale, the famous Bond film, where the Aston Martin barrel rolls, rolls that's that was at Millbrook. Yeah, um, it's it's a yeah, it's an incredible place. Um, it's one of those venues that when you rock up to it, you know that what you're about to experience is probably going to be a little bit cool and a little bit exclusive because they make you cover up your cameras. Yeah, on your they phones. put little stickers on you your camera phones. Stickers on, and, and your face ID doesn't work because you've got your stickers yeah. on. <laughs> that's it. That's that it. Stuff. But it is the. It's also the new location, or it was the location for the day for uh, the new series of Fifth Gear, which is now called Fifth Gear Recharged, and that is because there is a rather significant emphasis on EVs. To the point where they are only doing EVs. Yeah. Can I get a recharge? Yeah, but there's no, there's no I don't know why what I said that. that. <laughs> I was just thinking of Craig David. Instead of wi- rewind, I just yeah, went recharge. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm not going to do the impression, although I'm desperate to now. <laughs> but yeah, we managed to catch up with uh, the hosts. Not all, but most. So we got to sit down with Jason Plato. Uh, we got to sit down with Rory Reed, who's a new face, who, of course, has jumped over from Top Gear. Uh, Grace Webb is there. She's a new face to Fifth Gear. Uh, I made a bit of a spectacular blunder. Apologies again, Grace, for thinking I'd never seen her on television before, which I, I had, but she did a load of children's TV stuff. She's a, a massively famous person, it turns out, in the children's TV world. Can I just jump in for a second? Please Because <laughs> this was a fun moment. So w- the other guest we have is the wonderful Vicky Butler-Henderson, oh, who yeah. John was utterly smitten with. I mean, Completely. You were properly fanboying over yeah. her, which was lovely. Yeah. But on the Grace one... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So John, John was like, again, you haven't been on telly before. And she was like, well, I do Grace's Amazing Machines. No, um, I, it was a question. It wasn't, you've not been on telly. No, but Am I right in so, thinking it's the first TV thing? Because I haven't seen them. And she's like, yeah, I do Grace's Amazing Machines. We're three series yeah. in. And you then kind of, so I have seen her because I have children. And it's natural that you mm. kind of, anyway. At the end, once we've finished recording, can yeah. I share this, John? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> John goes, like, to make up for the, for the boo-boo. And I could tell this has been playing on your mind for the oh, whole yeah. of the chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. haven't slept a week. <laughs> Just got <laughs> really upset. Yeah, yeah. So he then says to Grace, I have seen you. I saw yeah. you do blah, blah, blah. And was very specific. Yeah, he even Grace referenced was, an exact episode. Exact yeah. episode. Yeah. And Grace was just a little bit quiet. And she went, yeah, that's someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't even her. Wasn't even her. It was Maddie Moat from the show Do You Know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I, unfortunately, I'm not up to speed on children's TV. Bit of a blunder. I was very apologetic. I don't think Grace likes me very much, and that's okay. Because I tell you who did like me, and I liked very much, and that was uh, Vicky Butler Henderson, who was an absolute icon of mine. See how I'm just glazing Sorry. away, gliding away like a downhill, like a downhill. You were amazing bike. in that thing with the thing. That, no, yeah. that wasn't me. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean I saw you in that. I definitely, yeah. I have definitely watched you. Yeah. No, you yeah. haven't. Oh, oh, are you leaving? Oh, that's a shame. Right, right. Yeah. So, Grace, if you are listening, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, that was a bit, I, it has played on my mind a little bit. You've got to go yeah. home and mainline Grace's Amazing Machines. Yeah, I'm going to watch them all. I, I mean it. I'm going to watch every single episode and I'm going to write a blog about them. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so our last guest uh, was the amazing Vicky Butler-Henderson, who for me has been a, I mean, I, I don't think I said it to her yesterday, but she is one of the reasons there are key people in the automotive media world that kind of inspired me to, at the very least, want to be involved in some sort of media capacity. And, you know, we're now here doing radio shows and podcasts and video things, and I've been lucky enough to do journalism and all sorts with with car stuff. And it's because of people like Vicky. I watched Vicky on the television 
um, when I was much younger than I am now and thought, oh my God, what a cool job, I want to do that. And I was, yeah, I was able to reference a particular review that she did, um, which was just amazing. She's, yeah, a lovely person. Um, but as was Jason, as was Rory, as was Grace. Sorry again, Grace. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, fan fantastic I mean, conversation. Vicky, Vicky is amazing. She's an absolute oh, ledge. Yeah. I, I love her to bits. And she'll come on the show, I think, for a longer chat in the yeah, near future because like we had a nice chat afterwards. But, I mean, let's not kind of... Jason Plato, one Jason of the Plato. fastest men in BTCC and, and has been doing it since before Amy was born. Yeah. You know, utter legend. Rory, who's had a really interesting career. Yeah. Grace from Grace's Amazing Machines, John. I mean, yeah. one of your, your favourite so shows. Much. Yeah, and, and, and of course, then the brilliant Vicky. It's a heck of a roll call. It's a for fantastic show. This I know show. we usually have just one guest on this show, but yeah, I think to have all four... Well, Naturally, we're talking around the same theme, which is their new show, the electric version of Fifth Gear. And you can think of that what you will. What, what's your takeaway from that, Amy? There's a, you know, Fifth Gear's been running for, what, 20 plus years, and now mm -hmm. they've decided there's going to be no more engines. With the new kids on the block with the electric engines. I think it's actually going to do better than we think because it's, mm. I don't know, I think that the, the kids of today, they're all into the Teslas and all that. So I think it's going to do well. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. And I hope like so. Say, it's got a yeah. great team behind it. Really good team behind it. It's just whether that is a calculated risk or a clever move. And that's, yeah, the viewers will decide. We'll find they out. They will. But let's dive in. The first conversation we had, this, I should point out, we did this recording for our radio show primarily. So it's a bit more radio than we'd usually go, but the conversation was so good. And you are hearing this. If you've heard the radio conversations already, you're going to hear things that you didn't hear in the radio show because they are, obviously, we are, have to keep to set times so in all of the conversations you're going to hear you're going to hear more than you heard on the radio show if you tune in uh, and we're going to kick off with the legendary racing driver jason plato he's the fastest man on the series he's also one of the fastest men in the uk he's dangerously funny. and in my house actually funny and in your house is <laughs> the brilliant jason plato how are you doing I'm very well, how are you guys yeah we're really good really good and we're excited because we can spend the whole hour talking about this brilliant new tv series mm -hmm. obviously you've been on fifth gear since is it 200 years now or 250 years? <laughs> Do you know what? It does feel like that. But out of... I mean, Vic, Vicky was originally Vicky Tiff and Quentin. I think it was 2001 they all got to go and put together. It was like or a maybe horse, horse and carriage back then, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> and I joined... Was previously with Driven, obviously, yeah. your, your namesake, yeah. on Channel 4. And then I think it was about 2001 or two I, I got involved and been there you know, ever since. So it's... You know, we've been on air for a long time and then we went off air for a little bit and it's slowly but changed. And I must admit, when, um, when, when I heard, you know, earlier on this year we were going to come back and do a, an electric car show, it honestly, honestly, that didn't excite me. Do you know, I was expecting you to say that. Yeah, it really didn't. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh God, because, yeah. you know, back then... They're all, I thought they were all the same. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. But actually, what's really cool about this series is, honestly, I'm almost converted now. That's nice. And I've seen, you know, developments in EVs and seen some things which aren't here now, which will be soon. And you see, you know, a lot of the, the, the manufacturers have gone from, you know, what, what is a petrol or diesel designed and built car with the engine ripped out and a few batteries put in to now f ground up EVs created from fresh with a yeah. new mindset. And they're making some really good bits of kit now. And I just need a little bit more battery tech, a little bit more range, and, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be on the list for sure. Yeah, but you see, that's, that's the interesting thing about this, because when I heard 
that you guys work? Because the established brand, you know, Fifth Gear is a known car show. People come to it for consumer advice. They come to it for the fun, the yeah. spirit, the, the, the kind of dynamics between you all and the new car knowledge. Yeah. You guys properly test these cars. It's, it's like another Top Gear. You know, I don't want to name the, the rival, but it is, let's be fair. And but so, with better drivers. <laughs> but with better drivers. <laughs> we can all agree on that. Got to put Drivers with actual racing pedigree. Yeah. I mean, Chris yeah. Harris, to be fair, has yeah. raced a fair yeah. bit as well, but yeah. he's not at your standard, Jace, to be fair. But, you know, when we look at it, when I was told, oh, yeah, no, fifth gear is going to be entirely electrified, I thought, well, how many episodes are you going to get then? Yeah. How, I mean, I how's that going to work? I thought the same. But it's not. No. It's changed. And I, you, you know, one of the things which highlighted this to me, myself and Rory Reid, shot over and did the Munich Motor Show. Yeah. And it was literally almost everything was electric. Well, it has to be, oh, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. You know, uh, and there's some really cool stuff out there. And, and I think, I mean, you know, you guys have been around cars for a long time. You know, going back over the years when, you know, Geneva Motor Show comes out or whatever it may be, the manufacturers roll out their concept cars and they were a million miles away from anything, even three, four, five years afterwards, we'd never see them made. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I honestly do believe some of the electric concept cars, we, we will see, because the, the way that the cars are manufactured now, EV cars, you know, imagine a skateboard. All the manufacturers have got their skateboard platform and they just bolt whatever goes on top. So I think it's easier for them to come up with some really interesting concepts. Mm. And we saw some stuff in um, in Munich. It was mind-numbing and exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I, I don't think I'll be in the home before <laughs> before they come out, although maybe. I think we're <laughs> going to see some great stuff. I really do. I think we see some brilliant cars. Well, this is encouraging. We've yes. had conversations, haven't we, in the past with car designers yeah. talking on this subject, because, of course, the, the rules of car design have always been we need to put an engine in somewhere, yeah. we need to put a luggage compartment somewhere, and a bit for the passengers. And, yeah. of course, that's for the vast majority of cars, it's been engine up the front, luggage at the back, people in the middle. Now, of course, we don't have to worry about engines. As yeah, you yeah. say, the skateboard platform means all the, the tech and the heavy stuff can go on the bottom. We don't need to have a long bonnet on the front. We don't necessarily need to have all the luggage space at the back. Yeah. So these radical designs are suddenly appearing. And They've it's got really so much exciting. more freedom, haven't they? Yeah. And, absolutely. you know, we, 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 we saw this, this Audi Grand Sphere, World Sphere. Grand Sphere? I forget what it's called. It's mind-numbing. And we met the designer who's from, I think, Slough. <laughs> I kid you not. And this is the most beautiful thing uh, I think I've ever seen. Oh, it wow. is, it's extraordinary. It's beautiful, this, this big flagship new concept Audi. And, um, you know, during the conversation on, on the stand, it said, so, you know, explain, what, how, what's the mental process? What, what's the time scales between, you know, getting the go-ahead, there's, there's, there's the budget, go and design something. It's got to be like... You know, amazing. He said, well, we had three months from start to fit finish. Blimey. Wow. And because, and he was explaining, one of the reasons because is of the skateboard concept, yeah. like there's nothing to integrate. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no, yeah. There's, there's almost like no, no compromises. So I think that as a, as a, you know, that's something exciting, which we're going to see come pretty soon, actually. Well, Jason, some great stuff. Let's talk about it from a racing perspective, because yeah. uh, you know we, we've got the other hosts of the show as well that I'm sure will extol the virtues of charging and the, the goodness of the planet and all the rest of it. But none of them, you know, are still racing. How long have you been racing for? Now? Oh, it's, a long time. I mean, long time. I'm 54 years old. And it's, just yes, just gone 54. Years, isn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, incredible. long time. Yeah, it's long still, time. It's amazing. Yeah, you're racing time. against our friend of friend of the show, Rick Parfit Junior. Now. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It's yeah. great fun. I mean, uh, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lovely lad, is Rick. He's a good lad. lad. You got, you got Too nice for touring cars, to be honest. But the point is, you know, the idea that... You know, of course, you've spent so long in, in BTCC, and, it, and it, none of that's electric. No, nope. that's all just good old-fashioned ice engine. Although, ne- although next year, they're, they're, there's you know, the teams are being forced to put hybrid on them. There's a hybrid pack coming next year. Okay, but I think that's optics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. optics, and also it's another way that the, you know the organisers can, can put another eighty grand's worth of budget on each car because they're providing the the electric that's, motors. Yada yada yada. Yeah, but. Uh, so electrics and racing. Uh, I mean, we've, we've I got think Formula E. Yeah, there's that. There's, there's the ETCR, the, the European, you know, electric touring car thing. I think there's a there's a place for them. Yeah, but I don't. But but also think there's a place for traditional, you know, ice internal combustion engine racing because you know it's a great quote. It's not mine, but it's an amazing quote. And it's about motor racing, and the quote is, "We sell noise." Mm. Yeah, and yeah. part of part of motor racing is about hearing engines. Um, so I think I think there is a place for for traditional combustion engine motorsport because you only have to go to say the Goodwood Revival and hear the old classic cars being raced. Yeah. God, it's just amazing, and predominantly because of the noise. Well, do you know what? You're so right. It's not just the noise close up either, is it? It's if you're sat trackside watching the action and you yeah. can hear them coming around the corner. Yeah. You know that's whereas if it's electric, you've got no idea. You've yeah. got to be on high alert the whole time. Yeah, and one, yeah. And one of the other interesting things, which I, I've learned on this series actually, you know, first time I drove uh, Porsche Taycan, it was t- t- Turbo S. I mean, just mind numbing performance. But. If it wasn't for their um, augmented, synthesised noise, which they've got right and no one else has, in my opinion, once that that engine noise is taken away, do you know what? It's very difficult to drive a car properly because it's a sense. Mm, Right. And 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 until it's removed, you don't realise how much you, you, you use that and your brain processes that noise sensor to feel what the car's doing. So you can feel how the engine is and you can feel almost feel the grip through noise. And and trying to drive the Porsche quick with the noise on, the synthesized noise, and trying to drive it quick with the noise off, the difference was unbelievable. And yeah. apparently that augmented noise was developed for the Lemoore program and the Porsche engineers and the drivers spent weeks perfecting that synthesized noise to make them drive far faster. And was that a car with gears, or was that just a, a, a one gear? Well, it's actually got it's it, it's got it feels like it's got two gears. Cause okay, because it does about eighty mile an hour. Another, it, it feels like it, it goes. Well, in fact, there is a there is a gearbox of of some sorts. Because that must be another a, a whole new complication of Absolutely, especially if yeah. you know a circuit very well and you've been driving a, a particular car with a particular engine and let's say a six or seven speed gearbox, you're preparing mentally to shift down for that corner. You know how many Absolutely. reps you want at the entry point. When you've suddenly got just this one continuous whine, yeah, it must very, really play it's havoc. It's very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and interesting that actually, because I've done, you know, I've been racing since I was born, um, you don't realise how much you use that piece of information, the sound, and mm. you use it a lot. Yeah. Much more than you think. So when it's removed, 
Yeah. It, it's literally like... Relearning. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So that, so that was a really interesting thing I found out this year. Yeah, that is neat. But I guess, I guess the other difference is, though, that you're hearing revs, which you you don't get in an electric car. Exactly. Well, but not only that, you're hearing strain. You're, yeah. you're hearing how the car's accelerating. You can hear the grip, not through tyre, but you can hear the way that, you know, the, the noise load. of the engine, the transmission, you yeah. can hear all that. Mm. Take that away. Oh, my God, it's, it's literally like, you know, it's like, Putting your hand up in front of your yeah. eyes, it is a, it's, it's a big loss. Needs relearning. Yeah, and, and hence why what Porsche have done with this augmented thing, that fills the hole. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. So at speed, because I guess this is where I was going with the what's it like for, for, for a racer, because of course, you know, one of your roles in this show is, is to be the fast one. You know, let's be fair, mm. that's, that's your gig. You, mm. go, you go quickest out of everyone, rightly so. So we all know it's, it's a kind of well-documented thing about electric cars is this mad acceleration. We've seen the, the videos with Tesla and we know it's been yeah. done by plenty of people and it is. It's almost kind of punishing G-force of, of, of off-the-line speed. Yeah. But once you've got over that gimmick, because ultimately it kind of is a bit of a gimmick that most high-performance electric vehicles have got, are they tidy as, as race machines or are they just sort of comfortable cruisers? Some are very accomplished. I mean, we, we did, I was filming this week, Monday and Tuesday. Monday, we did the SF90 Ferrari, which was mind-numbing. But unfortunately, it was wet, it was cold, so we couldn't unleash a 1,000 horsepower on the ground. And, <laughs> yeah. and believe it or not, it's a hybrid. But it's, but it's only 15 miles of electric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. interestingly enough, that 15 miles, it will charge that up from zero to 15 in two laps. That's incredible. Really? That's pretty cool. Which is like six miles. Okay, that's, that's amazing, cool. isn't it? Yeah. That's a good excuse to go and rag yeah. the car for a bit. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. darling, I just need to go and charge the electric battery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna... But I'll tell you what was, what was even more impressive than that is um, on the Tuesday, again on a wet, wet Anglesey circuit, we tested Taycan uh, Cross Turismo um, 4S against the 911 petrol. And? You'll have to tune in. <laughs> but, but I tell you what, unbelievable. Unbelievable. To, to, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a few, a few things. One is, uh, even with, you know, in the Taycan, on, on, set on its raciest Sport Plus set, set setting and, you know, not turning any of the driver aids off. So they're still on. Um, I felt invincible that, uh, you know, it totally totally ahead of the car, totally in control. And the reason I felt like that was there's a level of, um, uh, there's a level of, of trickery going on under the surface, which is very subtle. So it's, it's not like a, you know, a, a version one driver intervention. You don't, you don't feel it, but you know it's there and it's just keeping everything sorted. And you can't believe how hard and how aggressive you can drive. And it just looks after you. And then, of course, you then turn off one of the controls. Then you turn them all off, and that's yeah. obviously the one where you go, oh, hold on, let's this see. This is where the fun comes in. But no, to be honest, yes, you needed to be a bit more on your game, but the performance was breathtaking. And if you think that thing's the best part of, what, 2.4 tonne? Yeah. Almost twice as heavy as a 911. Yes. Or a tonne heavier than a 911. Yeah. I mean, breath breathtaking. So, yeah, Porsche, I think Porsche are the benchmark in terms of performance, not just in terms of... 
engine drivetrain, but in terms of chassis, the way it feels. And it feels that car, if you've driven it, it's a nice, it feels like a Porsche. Does that mean that Audi are close behind? Uh, yes. they're effectively the same, aren't they? Just yeah. different badge. Yeah, well, we did, we, in fact, myself and Karun did a back-to-back on uh, Taycan versus the e-tron G- GT. Yeah. And, I mean, they're both very good. It's a different feel in the Audi. It's not quite as quick, but we're only talking, you know, stuff you can't me- measure on a stopwatch. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Splits of set seconds. But there's a, it's a different feel, and it's a different, uh, it's a different atmosphere. And because of, because of, the, of its quietness, actually, the, the small level of difference between them is much more obvious. Whereas in a road car, here not in a road car, in a petrol car, because of all the noises which are going on, you might not pick those subtle changes up. So really interesting. But that's a great... And my, one of my mates has just taken delivery of, a, of, a, of an e-tron and loves it, loves it. It would be remiss of us not to talk about the, the, the kind of the glaring challenge for EVs. There's two, I would say. Mm. One of them is price point. Yeah, yeah. Because most of them, certainly the ones we've listed so far, yeah. are dear. They're steep. The other one is the charging infrastructure. Mm. Unless it's a Tesla, you might struggle to recharge it first time mm. in every point you're visiting. I've had horror stories. I imagine you have as well on long journeys with EVs. Just finding a place to charge them, finding a place that's available, yeah. cables that work and so on. It, it can be a real headache. I don't feel we're ready yet, but you are far more informed because you've just done a whole show. Uh, well, do you know what? I'm not ready. I, I'm ready... I th- I'm ready to make the change in, in terms of I found a car that I think is lush, great. Yeah. Um, well, in fact, more than one car. But I'm not ready yet just because, uh, you know, uh, I need more than 30 guaranteed miles, 40, 50, 60. I need more than that. You know, if I need to go from, say, you know, Hampshire up to Anglesey, I'm not going to stop for half an hour. Yeah. I'm, I'm or just more. not going to do that. Or, or, or yeah. more, you know, let's say I get there and the charges are all being used. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I'm going to go mental. Yeah, Five minutes is, is too long for me to even <laughs> put fuel in the car because I'm in the race of life and life's cracking on. I want to yeah. get sorted. So, yes, we, we, we're not there yet for, for me. However, if your daily drive is 30 miles backwards and forwards into a little town, maybe a school run, absolutely it's yeah. there mm. because you can charge it up overnight. I think once you start doing 150 miles a day, and it's all right looking at the manufacturer's um, published ranges. Well, that's, that's all work, work, work well and good, but I don't drive like that. <laughs> and, and I guarantee, Neither do most people, yeah, exactly. to be fair. I, I guarantee if I was driving the way I want to drive, obviously remaining within the national speed limit, but if I wanted to you know, have it off the lights and have some fun, I'd, 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 my range would go down by at least half. It's become yes. the, the industry standard for journalism, isn't it? The claimed mileage is 300 miles, but in real world, real world X. Yeah. Yes. And th- it's just the way that it is now, which, of course, you'd never, ever do that, or, or certainly not as much with petrol. BMW claim it does 50 miles to the gallon, and I found it does 47. Right? Yeah. You, you forgive that. But yes. when, it, when it's 10, 15, 20, 50 miles difference oh, it's, between it's, it's massive, manufacturer the and real world. But do you know what? We, me and Vicky have just come back from Norway. From, we're in Oslo last week, and, uh, I mean, they're leading the way. Uh, the, uh, you know, well, with charges and stuff. With charges, yeah. the adoption of most yeah. people have got EVs. Most people, and we saw. You know, we got to drive uh, a car called a, a Neo um, ES ES8, I think it was, from a, a relatively new manufacturer, a Chinese manufacturer. And, and honest to God, what a piece of kit! And it was, you know, a seven seat luxury-ish um, SUV. 
a similar price point at base level to new Tesla Model Y blows that into cocked hat because it's luxurious inside yeah. and it's got it's got a mixture of flat screen plus traditional buttons and guess what we need some buttons yeah we yeah. do but the killer on this one was I, I can't say too much because we've got a world exclusive and it needs to come out mm. um, they've got a technology which is a game changer I mean it was literally mouth open you are joking me both Ooh. me and Vic, I mean incredible that could only be done in an EV it can only be done with their product, and at the moment can only be done, there's only one site in Norway, but there's quite a lot in China, and they're coming over. Um, they're coming over to, well, and, uh, unfortunately, I said, so when are we going to get this in, in the UK? He said, well, unfortunately, you, you're, you're now wave two. Well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, you're not wave one because you're not Europe anymore, so you've oh, got to wait. Interesting. Break so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I wonder... The but, so we're about three years away from getting this, but it is a game changer. Okay. It's literally... You don't care about range. You don't okay. care. You so, press a button on your sat-nav, it takes you to a place, and hey, presto, four and a half minutes later, 100%. Oh, my word. I wonder. Yeah, that, so, yeah that, that does reset it. This yeah. is potentially the technology, because, of course, many people in the world, both automotive-focused people and just people that are subject to needing to drive a car each day, they look at the electric car, the EV revolution as a bit of a stopgap, as a bit of a chapter. But would you say, having seen some of the things you've seen, maybe that's not necessarily the case? Is there is tech coming that might actually mean EVs are here for... Oh, I think term? EVs are here for good, yeah. for sure. And I think the battery tech will, will, will improve, and so will charging times. And, but also there's new technology which exists because we saw it, mm. um, you know, which means you can go from zero to 100 in four and a half minutes, um, and that will improve. But also, I think the landscape, um, I, I think uh, e-fuel, mm -hmm. um, synth synthetic fuels, you know, a synthetic hydrocarbon fuel, which isn't a hydrocarbon fuel, but nevertheless, it's got the energy density that traditional liquid fuels do. Um, I think that's an potentially even bigger more exciting development because it means we can have internal combustion engines yeah, again yeah. and have huge high density fuel which means the aeroplanes can run on it because guess what you can't run an aeroplane on batteries no. because the, 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 den the energy density is, is not big enough so they're too heavy and weight and flying doesn't go together so I think synthetic fuel will mean we've now got yeah, imagine five years up the road, or maybe even ten years. What do we do with all the petrol stations once everyone goes electric? Mm. What, Starbucks, what, what, what we just rip them out of the ground? <laughs> yeah. Well, where are we going to go and get our milk from? Because that's where we go, to yeah, the shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? We've got the infrastructure there. Mm. We just need a fuel, a liquid fuel, to put in the tanks underground. That's environmentally friendly. And this stuff exists. Yeah. It's a bit expensive to make at the moment. Formula One are putting real huge development and investment into synthetic e-fuel. And it'll happen. I'm sure it will. So I, I, think, it. I think there's a mix. But, but electric vehicles, there's some amazing benefits mm. and, and really lovely things with electric. Well, Jason, just, just to conclude our, our conversation, because Fifth Gear Recharged, it's currently available on Discovery Plus. It's coming to Quest yes. 2nd of December. Indeed. There will be some people listening to this, because we are obviously a car show, so people listen to us if they like cars and whatnot. There are some people we know from our audience that just they have not converted to EVs yet. They don't want to. There'll be plenty of our listeners that are regular watchers of Fifth Gear without the recharged bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S sell it to us. Sell it to them. 
if you're a little bit sort of anti or on the fence about EVs, or if you want fifth gear to be just no, just what it used to be, why should they be coming to the show? What time do, are we broadcast on your show? 7pm. Oh, that's a bit below the watershed for me to really <laughs> sell it. <laughs> well, do you know what? The, the best way is just for me to be, be honest. You know, I'm a bit of an automotive dinosaur in that. I like V8s, I like V10s, I like petrol, I don't like diesel, and I certainly don't like electric. Right. That was my position. And um, I was wrong. I was wrong to think that because, you know, you've got to go out. I mean... It, and the reason why I've changed my mind is because I've, I've had my bum in the seat. I've yeah. driven electric cars from, from some stuff which honestly was garbage to all the way up to, that is insane. And not just insane in terms of its performance, but as a, as a piece of engineering, incredible. And all the way in between, there's a whole, there's a whole mix. But guess what? That, that you know, that... The nasty end, which there are some nasty things out there, that's falling away, and, and this whole middle sector is now moving up. And in there is some really exciting product. Cars which you could live with. The difficulty is, how do you charge them? So if you live in a block of flats, forget it, you can't have one. Yeah. If you haven't got off-road parking, forget it, you can't have one. So there are some real challenges, but actually there are some product out there which I defy anybody who likes motoring to jump in, you know, if I said, right, jump in and drive that. I, if I said, look, do you like it? If they told me they didn't, I'd say, you're telling me fibs. Yeah, There's okay. some brilliant stuff out there. Just, you know, try it, test it, go and get your bum in a seat. Uh, and one thing you must do is everybody in the world, Everyone in the world who, who likes cars must drive a, 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 an e-tron GT or even better still, a, a Taycan Tur Turbo S. It, it, it's it's mind-numbingly fast. I mean, that's a pretty decent advert for me. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. That was Jason Plato. What a lovely, lovely, lovely man. I and once had a baked potato with Jason Plato. <laughs> I heard that's true. Mm. It was true. It was for a radio feature many moons ago. It was a baked potato with Jason Plato. We were trying to catch him out, so he was he was made to eat a baked potato whilst we interviewed him. That sounds (laughs) almost as bad as the idea that I came up with when we on our old radio show uh, went to Montenegro and I we did that game with example. (laughs) Yes. Um, of music fame. Yes, this was terrible. And uh, the idea that I came with, <laughs> with was that we would um, have a... Ho- we did the recording in a hotel. It was so bizarre, now that I think about it. We were in a hotel in Montenegro in a cataclysmic thunderstorm. And John and was we, drinking Crevassier. Okay. I was, yeah, it was a, yeah not in the radio the recording, okay. but, yeah, the after-party bit was... Yeah. Um, we, uh, we got one of the hotel staff to walk in, and the game was called For Example... Okay. And the poor guy from the hotel obviously had no idea about the play on words or the pun or anything like that. And uh, Elliot, a.k.a. Example, he's, he kind of chuckled along with it. But afterwards he was like, yeah, John, that was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> that was rubbish, and I've had that for 20 years. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, potatoes with Jason Plato, or, for example, with Example. A baked potato with Jason Plato. A baked potato with yeah. Jason Plato. I like that. It does have a nice ring to it. Anyway... We are very good at losing track of where we're going. Let's get into that really lovely, awkward intro, which, of course, I've decided to keep in for your listening pleasure, where I say to Grace, have you been on telly before? And sadly, we haven't kept in the bit afterwards. (laughs) No. Yeah, so you wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is uh, Rory Reid. And Maddie Moat. And Grace (laughs) Webb. We're talking to the two new faces of the show. 
Rory Reed, no stranger to television, and Grace Webb, who, correct me if I'm wrong, Grace, this is your, your first TV show? Mm, well, I'm probably best known for presenting a children's show called ah. Grace's Amazing Machines. Um, of course you are. Sorry. So yes. mums and dads will probably notice I've me seen from you. that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then and it's the darkness do the theme tune, isn't yeah. it? Is that right? Yeah. 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 Cool. So yeah, families watch that, and hopefully families all watch the new series of Fifth Gear as well. In my <laughs> in my house, Grace is more famous than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am nobody. <laughs> Did you hear there was a statistic about the most called in? show on on any radio station ever was when mr tumble was on mm. air with justin fletcher oh, is that right yeah. really apparently <laughs> it literally broke all the bbc's phone lines she probably shouldn't be saying that on talk radio but no, nonetheless amazing yeah and you can kind of understand why everyone wants a piece of the mr tumble right it's he's very, very popular very popular. and you have now got the advantage grace of of you'll have you'll be famous for an entire generation's life a bit like uh. when matt baker <laughs> went from being CBBC to suddenly he was on the one show suddenly there's a whole generation of people that are like oh well you're just my life escort now yeah. forever on my telly yeah well I quite like that I'll take that yeah it's famous for life <laughs> yeah it's that it's the age-old challenge from kids telly I used to host children's ITV and there were a bunch of people with me at the same time that we all then just got old and a lot of people kind of disappeared. <laughs> a lot of people were just like, well, we can't, I mean, we can't do that fully thing anymore. I was lucky because I did sports and football and motorsport mm. and stuff. So that was okay. I got, I got kind of lucky. You're still very young, so you can carry on on kids' <laughs> telly if you want, but you're now doing grown-up telly and that's... That's yeah. like, I like that definition, grown up yeah, telly. It, well, yeah. you know what I mean? Is it, yeah. you, know, you know, there's a difference, isn't it? Yeah, because I've started saying that because I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Adult telly. Grown-up telly, well, and I'm no, like, oh, there's a bit. That. <laughs> 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 so what do, I, what do I call it? It's, it's got a little bit of like, OnlyFans oh. there, Grace. <laughs> <Stay> on. <laughs> so let's talk about this. I mean, we're excited for this show because we talk EVs quite a lot. Obviously, we we're a car show. We can't avoid EVs. Mm. And our audience, sometimes they push back. Oh, no, we just want to hear about the engines. But you can't hide from it. We mm. keep sort of saying it is the change that's coming. You know, mm. it, is, it is the winter that you can't resist. Yeah. And so when I heard that they were changing fifth gear to recharged, I thought that was like an extra. It was like, you mm. know, like when you did Top Gear Extra, for example, Rory, mm. I thought it was like an addendum. But no, it's not. It's, it's the real deal. Yeah. It's the real deal. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, you can't avoid it. And um, I think eventually somebody was going to have to say, we have to really focus on electric cars now. Yeah. Mm. But I think fifth gear recharge is the first um, and also maybe the bravest in terms of just embracing this upcoming step change in, yeah. uh, in, in transportation. It's, yeah. um, it's something we can't, no one can hide from it anymore. Mm. Like literally every time you step out your door, you're going to see an electric car. Mm. Yeah. From you might 20, not hear it, though. You might not hear it. Um, <laughs> and from 2030, you won't be able to buy a car that isn't electric in some, in some way, shape or form. So let's teach the people about that subject right now. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. the early days. Yeah. No, I think, I think mm. this is, it, it's, it's necessary, you know, and it's an important mm. one. And, and actually, I think, like you say, brave, bold, it's the big move. Mm. Because Fifth Gear is very established. It's been around forever. It's got a massive, mm. massive following. I know it switched channels and so on, but they stayed loyal. Yeah. So to go, do you know what? We're not doing ice at all now. There's no engines in this. It's all skateboard platforms and battery technology. But it's also the way that consumers are buying. Each year, more and more people are buying EVs. Yeah. So we've got to acknowledge that this is how people are purchasing vehicles. So let's just give them loads of information. People want to know more about it. It's the way the world's going. So we may as well just tackle it. Go it's all so in. True. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, even now, it just, you're, what you say there is so spot on, the, the amount of people that are going out and buying cars, but there are still so many people that just, 
it's so alien to them. The Don't idea, it. Yeah. how yeah, we can all remember when the government announcement came out about. Uh, well, it was originally 2040, then it was um, 2035, then it's 2030. You can only go into a showroom from that time and buy some some sort of hybrid, at the very least, powertrain. And everyone was up in arms. That's not going to work. It's never going to happen. There's no way that it's going to get cancelled. It's it, it doesn't make any sense. But since then, as you say, we've all just started getting on with it. We've mm -hmm. all started buying them. And like you said at the beginning there, Rory, you can't leave your house and walk down the road without seeing, at the very least, a plug-in hybrid. Mm. Yeah, the, every single one of my neighbours seems to have a Porsche Taycan at the moment. And you do it, live in a very posh area, John. <laughs> it does help. Um, I don't. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it is something that is just happening. And the more that we can give to people as a, look, it's not actually that scary. And, yes, it does work. And, yes, you can take them through a car wash. Yeah, yeah. You know, that sort of stuff, answering those sort of questions mm. that people are maybe a bit too scared to ask is yeah, only a good and this, thing. this series is very honest as well. Some people might think that, oh, we're just going to rave about electric cars, mm. which, yeah, they do have loads of positives, but also we acknowledge that the infrastructure, there's yeah. still some concerns around that range uh, range on cars as well so we do talk about things that do need improvements but mm. also the positives so it's a very honest series where we look at yeah. both sides there's, a, there's an item in the show that I did where because one of the concerns that people have is the headline price figure on a car mm. like why is an electric car seven, eight, nine grand more expensive than a petrol equivalent yeah. and we did an item where we just ran the numbers. We said, right, the Vauxhall Corsa petrol versus the Vauxhall Corsa electric. Big difference in starting price, but what, what's the actual running cost? What's the lifetime ownership proposition right. here? And we worked out that the electric car was far cheaper really? than the petrol version. And I think that's another thing that people don't understand is, yeah, you might, you might be attracted by the number on the sticker, mm. but you pay, most people pay monthly. And you, you yeah. put down right, you know, a couple yeah. hundred quid a month and over the course of that two or three year lease, an electric car can be far cheaper, especially if you live in the city and you go through congestion charging or you, um, you use it as a, as a company car when you've got like really low benefit in kind tax. Mm. It, they do make a lot more sense than people give them credit for. And you know, that's one of the reasons that we're here. We're here to like, really demystify the whole thing and let people know, actually, they make sense in more ways than you might imagine. Are we going to see, though, and I realise I'm asking you to crystal ball a bit here, so apologies for that, but there was a time, I'm old enough to remember the government saying, buy diesel, it's the thing oh, to yeah. do, it's yep. good for the planet, it's, well, better yeah. for the planet, it's good for you and it'll be cheaper. And yeah. they kept banging the cheaper drum, mm. buy the diesel because it's cheaper. Yeah. Now, right now, one of the draws, never mind all the benefits for the planet and so on, one of the draws of an EV, like you just said, is the running costs. It's, it's cheaper, you don't need to worry about MOTs and servicing and all that kind of stuff, mm. but basically, fueling it up, costs less right yep. now is there going to be a time when that's different when you go to a supercharger and actually what costs you eight pounds now is going to be 28 pounds 38 pounds 50 quid are we mm. is that the next change when enough people have changed are they going to sting us um i think people would be up in arms if it happened anytime soon but i think we'd be naive to say that it will never happen yeah. because if the government is losing out on a large chunk of um, fuel duty then they might look to recoup that in other ways. I'm not saying they're gonna do it by charging for your electricity, by adding tax to your um, electricity tariff. They might look to do it in other ways in order to increase the acceptance of VBs. So I, I, I don't see it anytime soon because, you know, if, if they're honest in, um, 
in their approach in trying to get us all to, to, to move towards electrification, then slapping a massive tax on, uh, on, uh, on our EV tariffs is going to backfire. So I don't see it happening anytime soon. In the long run, I still think they'll be cheaper um, than, than petrol and diesel because the, the, the way the world is going is that electricity will be easier to generate than, than, mm. than, than digging and pumping and, and extracting crude oil and transporting it all, all the way across the world. Once we're able to actually set up a proper electric generation infrastructure um, in the UK and also in the rest of Europe geared towards electric cars, I can't see a world in which it's more expensive than, than petrol and diesel is right now. Mm. I think you. I think you're right. Although that might be because they'll keep moving petrol prices up. You know, they were like, yeah. no, no, it's still, it's still less mm. than what it would be mm. if you had a nice engine or whatever. But that's the cynic in me, just because I, yeah. you know, I think. Well, I just think everyone's out to get you ultimately, aren't they? So you just got to tread carefully. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to think about it. Yeah, and like, and like Grace said, you know, we we're not here to say electric cars are the be all and end all. Mm. We're just here to give you the facts um, of that, how it is right now. Yeah, and that's that's all we, that's mm. all we can do. Yeah. Yeah, and actually this is a really good time for this show as well, because if you'd done this show, say, 16 months ago, never mind the pandemic, forget mm. that for a second, mm. you'd be having to deal with a whole load of charging challenges as well, because prior to quite recently, you could rock up to a charger and you'd need a different app to one you'd already had or a different payment system or a different cable or whatever. It was a really confused, nonsense mess, which I think is slowly being yeah. untangled. Is, am I right? Because I haven't used an EV for a few months. It's getting there. Yeah. I did a road trip. I did two road trips for this series, one in Scotland and one in Germany. Um, and I don't know how this happened, but we didn't encounter a single problem. Oh, really? Mm. It, it just worked. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that's how it, how it is all the time mm. for every person, but it just worked. And mm. I think people get hung up on, oh, no, it's not quite ready yet and all this stuff. Um, but I think for the majority of people who buy EVs, they're not going to use the public infrastructure anyway. They're going to use charging at home and use the battery stored in the car to complete their journey. Go home again, mm. plug in, and then rinse and repeat. So in my, in my understanding of the way the world is going to work with electric cars, the, um, the charging network will only be there to support long distances. So your everyday driving... You top it up yourself at home. Yeah. Yeah. You never visit. You never yeah. go somewhere else and pay for charging. Yeah. You just you, ch you charge at home, and then you know uh, the the occasional journey where you might go uh, a bit further afield or to a friend's house, for example, and they don't have a charger yet. Then that's where the network will come yeah. into its own. But for and most, for most of us, there's already designated electric forecourts that are popping up across the country as well. Mm. So it looks like a petrol station, but it's fully electric. So you'll just Mm. park up your car plug it in go get something something to eat a coffee and then come back out so that's becoming more and more popular but yeah. like you say charging from home will be the main way that people charge the comfort from your own home you can't fill up your car with petrol now um, yeah. and that's something we look at in the series as well how to install a home wall charger because it might sound easy but actually your your home has to go through lots of checks before that's that right. happens are you the right kind of home for it? I so couldn't we get one of my house of at one point. It was yeah. impossible to do it. They were going to have yeah. to literally knock walls down. Yeah. Mm. And you're like, 
yeah, you're all right. Yeah. I'm only borrowing <laughs> it for a week. Yeah, know? yeah. I'll, I'll use the supermarket. But there are plenty of people that live in flats and so on where they simply can't get them in their houses for, for mm. other reasons. For their well, houses, the flats, I've just, yeah. just established yeah. that. So that all needs to be kind of addressed as well. But there'll be innovative ways of... I mean, did you see the unveiling of, of what is basically a bollard? Which the you iconic EV yeah. charger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to pat themselves on the back with this brilliant design. It's a, it's a fire engine thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's literally... It's, it's nothing. It's just... A, but it's, it's fine. It'll do what you need. Yeah. And, and those, those might be great. If, if you live in a block of flats, for example, if you had a bank of 20 of those in yeah. the car park, mm. that's where, you know, people in, in blocks of flats can use that. Or along the street, for example, you know, that's where... Um, the infrastructure needs to evolve in order to allow people who don't have off-street parking to, 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 to drive electric cars. Now, we're going to come to this in a minute, so I'm just going to sow this seed in your mind, okay? We're going to come back to this. I'm gonna, we're going to now talk about your respective roles in the new show, but th- what I'm going to come on to, because I want you to think, I'm trying to charge you up for what I'm hoping will be a rant, because the other day <laughs> I drove into uh, to a car park, and you know there are electric only car parking spaces mm-hmm. and those are for electric cars only and it's that's very clear isn't it that's very well signposted <laughs> oh, yeah. well lo and behold i saw what was definitely not an ev parked across two parking bays savage with two. an ev having a circle to wait for them to show up so i'm just planting that because i want to i want you to cut <laughs> we're going to come back to that i want to know what you feel about those people that take up those spaces but first of course fifth gear recharges here you are the two new faces in the show what are your respective oh, grace we'll start with you mm. are you do you have a subtitle are you like the ev expert or what's Ooh, the i'll take that um <laughs> so within the series i document more of the consumer ev edits so i'll look at what the average person kind of wants to know like installing a home wall box um how renewable energy is helping the national grid um is it worth buying a second-hand ev or a brand new ev so all those kind is of it? consumer things oh you'll have to watch the series <laughs> um but you you know, now that there's a few more second-hand EVs coming out, is it? Are they still good quality? Have they deteriorated? Is it better value for money? So mm. I explore kind of all of those sort of things that the average person who works nine to five will probably want to find out. Mm. You have the difficult task, basically. All the number crunching and fun stuff, don't I, Rory? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. And so, Rory, you just get to fly around a track, right? <laughs> <laughs> Road trips, uh, by the sound of it. A lot of road trips. Yeah, it's a bit of everything, really. I, I, I feel my primary job in this series is to educate Jason Plato. Because <laughs> 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 there's, there's a man who maybe didn't understand electric cars at the beginning of the series. He did call himself a dinosaur when we spoke to him earlier. To yeah, be fair, yeah. So. Self, yeah. Self, uh, self-confessed dinosaur. So actually, what's been interesting is that we've hung out so much. Um, he's asking the types of questions that um, the general public mm, might ask. And it's been really nice to kind of give shed light on certain areas that he might not have been as clued up on mm. and then to have him challenge me as well to say oh but this is still rubbish and then we kind of meet in the middle mm. um so yeah a little bit of educating of jason plato but also just you know literally everything i'm a car journalist so my job is to you know try and dig out the nuggets the positives and the negatives of pretty much every type of car from mm. you know the entry level the cheapest models to the family cars to the more sportier ones so um uh, yeah I think it's been a nice balance though. For example, like myself and Rory are probably a bit more familiar with electric vehicles than say Jason and Vicky who love their V8s mm-hmm. and V10s. And I think it's brought a nice balance to the show because we're not saying that petrol cars are the devil and neither are they going to disappear as soon as 2030 comes. Yeah. 
it's going to be a transition. So I think it's been a nice team this year that have bought that balance of both and compared them and to talk about where we are right now in the world with transport and vehicles. And it's encouraging to hear that you're not the kind of because I'm sure you've met them, there are certain EV drivers who are quite judgy for people that don't drive EVs. You know, there's a certain... Yeah. Are you talking about Tesla owners? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I know all about them, trust me. <laughs> I, find it, I find all of that stuff really odd. There's, I mean, certain people who love only one type of electric car and they, yeah. they can't stand the idea of others moving into the space. And yeah. it, it all gets a bit too clicky for my liking when I think, you know, especially if you're an early adopter, you should be trying to champion as many different brands to move into this market totally. as possible and also challenge each other in order to push the tech forward so it gets better for everyone. Mm. So, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that way of thinking. It's amazing it's that pack mentality pilot, is made, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, the Tesla fans, you're right. They do, they kind of, they leap on people's backs. Now let's go back to, we're gonna call him Jim. This guy that parks in, he parks his ice engine in an EV space. Do you guys have a message for Jim? I was going to call him John, but I thought John Thank would get very upset. Thank you for not calling him John. <laughs> yeah. And just so, just so I can help paint the picture, both for me and for the listener and for all of us here. So you, you're saying you pulled into a car park and he somehow, he or she, uh, had parked across two bays, almost like Jim, a protest perhaps. It, it felt like a protest. Right. It felt like he was doing it deliberately, almost as sod you. Yep. I can do it because I drive an ice engine car. I'm not <laughs> even gonna say, well, I'm gonna say what kind of car it was. It had three initials, one of them was B, one of them was M, and the third one was like a W. Oh. <laughs> like a W, yeah. yeah. Very easily could have well, been like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Promise it um, wasn't. I mean, it's annoying when normal car parking spaces people park over two of yeah. those yeah. that's annoying enough yeah but you Let always just think oh well you're not one. very good at parking kind of thing but yeah no, this felt absolutely oh, so like john said like a, like a are you saying yeah. they're parking like horizontally over two vertical it was, spaces it was pretty much yeah it was yeah. it was impossible for an ev user to get into either space that would have accessed the two mm. chargers that were there well you know what you do don't you you just park your car right in front of his so he can't move he's stuck <laughs> there you get someone else in another ev to block him in at the other end and then everyone's happy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's got any juice. No, yeah, no one's yeah. anywhere. <laughs> we would move, but we can't. Yeah, thanks to you, John. <laughs> <laughs> See, he never, I tried did. to call him Jim, but yeah. it, it went back to John. <laughs> I do like the idea of that that crisis of, well, I've, I've now run out of charge, so yeah. I actually can't yeah. move. I'm really sorry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's wow. literally your fault. But it does happen. I mean, it's, it, it wasn't a kind of one-off. I've seen it happen before. Not necessarily a protest one, but I have seen people. I don't know if it's just because they hadn't realised that that big electric chargey thing is only for them How if they've got it. can you not realise? There's massive symbols of plugs and oh. green I don't know, Grace, there was a recent advertising campaign that told people they had to pull off to the left if they broke down in their car. You know, the fact mm. that people need to be told things like that, I just think, oh, God, you know, it does make you wonder, doesn't it, about <laughs> some of our fellow motorists. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Rory, it would be remiss of us not to discuss the, the kind of difference between hosting this show with Top Gear, because, of course, you've mm. now hosted the two biggest car shows on telly. That's kind of kind of nuts. How does it... Yeah, it's a little right, ripple of applause. Rightly so, so rightly so. Yeah, Grace, of course, I'm missing out Grace's Amazing Machines, the third best car show <laughs> on telly. Yes, but how does it... I mean, how does it compare? Is it... Is it I'm not looking for a dirty headline or anything, no. but, but is, it, is it fun? Is it more engaging? They're both, they're both fun um, in different ways. I'd say the... the Top Gear experience is um, is probably more full on uh, because you've got a huge 
team of people kind of following you everywhere you go for the for for, for each production. It's a it's a big it's a bigger team, um, and I feel like there's a a lot more stakeholders for each item that gets released. So, you know, there might be ten people who who have a say in the the final product, and it's. Um, it's sometimes you know it's, it's a big it's like turning a giant ship basically where you're trying to go let's go left but it takes forever for that movement to happen whereas i think with fifth gear it feels anyway to me a bit more agile where on the fly i can go right boys and girls i think we need to do this uh i found a feature here which we need to discuss right now forget what was in the script or the bullet points or whatever this is what we're going to talk about and it feels like more more free form um and a bit easier in some in some senses to, to to react to things as you discover them um but both fantastic experiences um two boxes that i i always wanted to tick and never really believed that i would but i've i've ticked them and i think only jason and vicky um was there one other that might might have done it as well uh i want to say quentin wilson but i don't know why tick. Tiff. Tiff. Tiff, yes. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tiff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in a, a, it's a good, uh, it's a very exclusive club you're in. It is. No, but it's, and it's, it's, it's great to, to be in that position where I've been able to do that. But, um, yeah, two very different experiences, but both really satisfying for, uh, well, for the same reason, really. We get to mess around in, in, in awesome machines, <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah. that's our job. Which could is be great. worse. It yeah. could be worse. And Grace, I have to ask, is Amazing Machines, as Grace's Amazing Machines, to give it its full title, going to continue? Or are you now fully fledged in the in the recharged world? No, there's still far too many machines out there yet <laughs> to be explored. Um, so no, that will definitely continue. Um, I love doing that show, but I also love branching out into grown-up television where I can dig a bit deeper into statistics and how things work. So two totally different platforms, but I love that families will watch both of them. So like you said before, kids and adults can enjoy both shows. I love it. You're listening to The Driven Chat, Fifth Gear Recharge Takeover. Rory and Grace, thank you very much for your company. Good luck with the show. Uh, the show is out. It's Discovery Plus right now, and you'll be able to see it on Quest from the 2nd of December. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. There you go. There we go. That wasn't that bad, was it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the awkwardness between you and Grace? She was lovely. She was absolutely fantastic. And I think what she's going to be, what she's going to bring to the show, in the sense of familiarising people with the tech and making sure that people understand that it's not necessarily as scary as it looks. You can actually use an electric car day to day if you are thinking about investing in electric cars and getting a home charger installed. You know, she's going to be bringing all that content to you, and I think. She's the right person to do it. I really do. I think she brought great. a great sense of, of knowledge and understanding of the whole thing, as you'd expect, of yeah. course. You know, she's there as the expert, but she, she was very impressive. I'm a big fan. I thought she was terrific. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I'd say my favourite person on television at the moment. Really. You know her well, right? Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, the, uh, the automotive journalistic icon that is Vicky Butler Henderson is going to be our final guest. And you can hear me get all gushy about that and her now. He loves her. No, I don't want to kiss her. She's a, she's a professional icon, an industry icon. Come on. He wants to kiss her. John, who is sat to you? Next to you, you lucky man. I'm fanboying slightly because uh, <laughs> I, I'm next to, you know, occasionally we're lucky. We get to, both with the podcast, the radio show, we get to interview people that have been a real staple part of 
just TV and the car world. I did it a bit with Quentin Wilson a few months back, didn't you I? You did, but yeah. I'm now sat next to Vicky Butler Henderson, <laughs> which is awesome. Oh, I'm actually blushing. So's he, <laughs> so's he, which I'm, I'm really weirded out now. I feel like I should just leave the room. <laughs> No, feel free to stay. Feel free Aww. to stay. No, but yeah, no, Thank this you. is amazing because, uh, yeah, I mean, like so many people, um, you've been such a staple part of just car media and car, car, the car world. And we said before we hit the record button, I said there was a one particular car review that I remember watching. And I'm, I'm probably not going to mention how old I was because I definitely wasn't old enough to drive. But you did a particular review of the 360 Challenge Stradale, uh, yeah. which has so heavily implanted in my brain it's turned it into a car that I have to own one day oh, wow. all because of your review wow what was it about the review that there was, sparked there your was interest? a particular line and I think you were maybe Spain it was somewhere hot and sunny and there was a particular line where you said the, the car just barks into life and it was produced beautifully the, the piece because it then roared into action and I just remember sitting there as a, as a young teenager I think going whatever I do in life I need to a, meet Vicky Butler Henderson, and B, Aww. buy a Challenge Stradale. And haven't, C, haven't marry Vicky Butler Henderson? I mean, where's well, this going? I wouldn't want to I feel like this Vicky, if I'm honest. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I've, I've ticked off one of the things. I just haven't, haven't yet managed to buy a 360 Challenge so Stradale. In case you're wondering, Aww. Vicky, John is much younger than he looks. And I know he looks mid-50s, but he's, <laughs> he's still very early 30s. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm really flattered to hear that I'm, I and the car made an impression yeah. because I love the fact that if we can spark a bit of interest in a young girl, a young boy, yeah, yeah. or you know anyone in their 50s to go out and investigate a car and, and love it and have a passion for it, then I feel that I've done a good day's work. Definitely. I was interviewing um, Sir Chris Hoy, actually, a while back, and he said to me that another Ferrari item that I did, a 458 Spider, mm. that I was almost brought to tears in driving that car because I felt such an emotional connection to it. It's such an amazing bit of kit that on the strength of that item that he saw, he went out and bought one of those wow. cars as well and he said thank you so much for that. So wow. I was blown away hearing yeah. that because I just do a job, you know, but if that gives other people pleasure and, and love and I'm, I'm so happy to do that. So thank you for saying that. I really no, appreciate that. Very thank welcome. you. Thanks for the core memory. You took it really well, Vicky. I, I was really worrying when John was kind of winding up to, oh, <laughs> I was thinking, oh no, how's she going to take this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, John. Uh, now, Andy, can we talk? Because <laughs> no, I was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> slightly nervous because it was a little bit like, I imagine you get this quite a lot when, uh, let's call it a supermarket. I was going to say a forecourt, but we're probably not allowed to do that with a recharged show. <laughs> so I'm imagining you do get quite a lot of, uh, hello, Vicky. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been watching you, <laughs> sort of thing. The, do you know, the, the super lovely thing is I'm not as famous as, say, Jeremy Clarkson. So, and mm. I have been with Jeremy sometimes, and he's just absolutely mobbed. And I don't think that that's particularly would be a fun thing for me to enjoy. But I have an, an enough level of... Um, appreciation for what I do in the car world for people to come up and instantly say oh my gosh let's talk cars yeah. I really yeah. like what you do I've never had anyone who's come up to me and said oh I totally hate hate seeing you or, or yeah. anything like that. that's that, a relief exactly <laughs> oh, so thanks. anyone who does come up to me young or old male or female it's always with saying something lovely and I really appreciate that the so. one challenge to this though Vicky mm. is is because these are car fans and therefore they'll have They'll want to share things with you. Yeah. 
does mean you're not in a quick chat. No. Mm. No. no, 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 absolutely not. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, I, all I needed was a loaf of bread. Yeah. But three hours later, yeah. I, I, I made a new yeah. friend. I was, I've got two small children and one of whom goes to tennis. And a guy stopped me in when I was picking up my daughter from tennis and started talking to me for about 15 minutes. Oh. And my daughter's just l- l- tugging then at my sleeves, just looking at me. And I'm going, I can't, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to give this guy some time because he, you know, he wanted to tell me about his story. And I, I had a connection with him because we were talking about cars. So, but yeah, my my ten year old was just like, Mum, please, yeah. enough. You've got to come up with one of those signals. You know, like couples do oh, when they yeah. go to a dinner party, they're not quite enjoying. If they start scratching their ear or something, just yeah. feel like, oh, yeah, mummy, my tummy hurts or something. It's oh, we, we better go because <laughs> things are going to happen. Or you yeah. should just learn to projectile vomit. I'm terribly <laughs> sorry, but <laughs> that would be a whisker extreme. But I quite like the idea. I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone knows if they've if they've stopped you and you throw up on them. <laughs> They're really not enjoying. You didn't really chat. need to be sick. <laughs> you just didn't want the chat. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we've digressed. Big old tangent there. Fifth yeah. gear recharged. We've had a really lovely chat with three of your co-hosts. So Wonderful. Far. And one of the things that we've been saying and trying to establish is: is this a series? Because I've said it twice now. You know, the idea that that. An established car show, a much-loved car show that's been around for a long time, is now scrapping ice engines and going entirely electric. I was kind of thinking to myself, well, that's short-lived, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that, that, what are they doing, like a one-off thing? And then, and then it's back to engines next year or whatever? But no, you guys are all in. Yeah, I think what we're just doing is reflecting what's happening in the world. Mm. So I'm sure in your lives and anyone who's listening has begun to think about the next car that they buy. Will it be hybrid? Will it be electric? That's exactly the same journey that we're sort of going on. But we are here to hold your hand to tell you if this is the right thing to do. And also, you know, we have still got petrol and diesel power in the show when we have comparison cars and also I I went to Lamborghini's headquarters and drove their Cyan which is a uh, nutty petrol powered car with a super capacitor which is like a a, a little sort of boost of of hybrid power so that it goes under the umbrella of being Sort of I like eco. that. It's just, it's just sort of, it's sort of an EV. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How and long can it do? 100 metres? Yeah. yeah. It would, I mean, it would classify, wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so there, there's a reason, you know, why we went to film it. <laughs> so that we could get a Lamborghini on. So it, it, there, there is still plenty of cars out there that are exciting, you know, that... It, that don't totally fall under that, oh, golly gosh, it's electric only category. Mm. Yes. And Rory and I have done some lovely city cars, so sort of, you know, entry-level money city cars here at Millbrook, actually, where we are today. Mm. And also, then I've driven this sort of £5 million worth of Lamborghini, so there is... We, we have a spectrum. Now, let's talk... I mean, that, I love that you've just mentioned that, because obviously on this show, we've driven a few cars before, and we've, we've all been lent... Because we're all in the kind of car scene, and we've all been lent... Cars that we can't afford to buy. Okay, now I'm not assuming your wealth at all, Vicky, but not many people can afford a five million pound car. And that's I and can't. That, that's not, <laughs> it's also not the most expensive car you've ever driven either. You've you've driven ridiculously overpriced. I mean, crazy money. For me, I can't. It does my head in. I think about the money the entire drive. It's it's like I'm constantly aware of how much this thing is. Can you shake it? Because I can't. Yeah. Well, so this Lamborghini, I think it was the most expensive car I have ever driven. Okay. And I think 
it, because it's so rare, it, its value had gone up almost hour by hour that I was driving it. So it got to about five million pounds you know, on the day that I was I was testing it. And the crew were all like, "Oh yeah, five million pounds! Woo! Don't smash it!" And I was like, "Please, please, do not even <laughs> yeah. go there." Thanks for planting that seed. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> normally it doesn't bother me. I just get in. There's a steering wheel. There are some pedals. There's an engine or what? Some power unit. Let's. Let's see how out of control I can get the car while still being in control myself. That's the purpose of my job. Um, but with the Lamborghini, it was just there were too many people fluttering in my ear on the crew going, it's five million, don't stack it. They've only ever made 64 of them. But, and, and of course, you're traveling on really narrow, bumpy Italian roads where we were just outside Sant'Agata, um, Bologna, where the... Lambo HQ is so it's really you know and you're trying to do three point turns ten point turns to you know get up and past the camera again you're missing a dog a donkey a person <laughs> on a bike a ditch so and of course you can't see very well because it's a Lamborghini <laughs> so it's not got the best view you know best vision so it was but it all adds to the drama and the excitement that I still feel every time I drive it so, I love it. Yeah. You, I love how passionate you are about this. Aww. I think the last time we met was at the. It was like at one of the hill climbs. Where am I thinking? Chateau Wimpney. Yes. And you were judging oh, yeah. something yep. with with a couple of other randoms, and I was there, kind of just chatting for the telly and, and things. And even though clearly you'd had a right old day of it, <laughs> you know, being stopped by people that you'll now be sick over in the future, <laughs> all, <laughs> all day, all day, all day long, you were still so enthused and excited and I mean it was a really hot exhausting day I think we must have met after we'd been there for about 10 hours and you were still just full of you just love cars don't you I feel so lucky because I my parents are farmers so I've always been on my dad's knee driving a tractor or old enough to steer and then we've had land you know where stubble fields come in the summertime and I've been able to drive whatever I could get my hands on everywhere and also my father was in the British karting team when he was a teenager so he had an old cart chassis at the farm and stuck a lawnmower engine on it I went up and down the farm on it and said oh dad I really like this let's do it for real so we went out bought a proper racing cart and then my local cart track was not was the same one that Lewis Hamilton a decade later came about (laughs) (laughs) so that was my house in Hoddesdon and I started racing there and I've got a younger brother who races who actually did race against Lewis Hamilton but I just feel that it it was in me and I'm so grateful to my father for having an interest and a love for cars because if he'd have enjoyed golf or something like that Mm. my life would have been very very different I'd have never had that door open to me to say here's motorsport and I've got we've got an elder sister as well who had the same opportunity to test carts as, as I had when we were younger and she had no interest in it she didn't take to it but yet I did and I'm so I'm so thrilled that I've managed to make a you know well stagger through a career <laughs> you've had a ma- no, you've had a huge yeah. and amazing so. career and actually uh, one of the things I think we are quite naive to you and I John and I don't mean this because we don't you know we're, we're not doing it intentionally is actually you're a lady in cars and you have been forever mm. you know you've, you've been what was it 25 years on telly now well, golly, yeah, yes, 25 years. 25 yeah. years on telly, you know, and, and at a time when actually there must have been some resistance to it, you know, because cars are traditionally for men, men. aren't they? Yeah, men cars. <laughs> but actually you've, you've, you've held a torch for ladies, and I imagine you've been a role model to many, many, many ladies out there. And, of course, the path is a lot, I hope, a lot easier now for, for ladies yeah. to be in cars and motorsport, because you've raced as well, as you've, as you've pointed out. Do you ever feel that sort of... 
pioneering spirit and that, that kind of need to forge a path for, for other ladies? Well, I never did until a certain point. And I just want to take you back to me never thinking about it because I, I was racing at 12 years old. I was racing against David Coulthard, Dario Franchitti, who went on to be superstars in, in the motorsport field. But it didn't matter. You stuck a helmet on and you were as good as anybody else out there. And I had always just felt that that was instinctive to me. It never, ever occurred to me that I was something different. There were, and there still are, about 2% of girls who race in motorsport, which is it's not enough. Mm. Um, but I never felt different ever, ever. The only big time that I felt that I had a, that I was a role model was when I was racing at Snetterton in a Mini Cooper and I had my seven-year-old daughter there and I had a, th- and a three-year-old, two, three-year-old son, my son, obviously. I was going to say, <laughs> what, you just suddenly picked up a random child. <laughs> this, this one will do, I need another audience. <laughs> but I remember he was still in nappy, so he couldn't really, couldn't really digest it. But my daughter said to me afterwards, she said, Mum, Mum, I think you're amazing. I was cheering for you. I couldn't, I, you, you know, we're so proud of you. We think you're amazing. And this came from my seven-year-old daughter, and I suddenly thought, oh, okay, what I do is seen... You know, somebody can look at that and and aspire to it or just go, oh, mum's doing it, I can do it. I can do it because yeah. this person can do it. And that's the first time where I just thought, oh, a, a penny dropped. Well, I think this me. is huge. I mean, we, we had Michelle Mouton on the show oh, recently. Oh, isn't, may I just isn't she great? bow mm. down. Isn't she great? Yeah. And she was saying very much what you were saying, which is that it's a far, far too few ladies are getting into racing and, and much more needs to be done. And, and, and she was kind of... I can't remember the exact way she phrased it, but she was effectively blaming the system. You know, it's not that there isn't talent there, mm. it's opportunity that isn't there. Yeah. And, and you know, there's too much is put on sponsors and daddy's taking me and so on. It, there needs to be more just naturally ingratiated because ladies have the talent. Girls, of course, I keep calling them ladies, but it'll be in, young girls can, yep. can be phenomenal racers yep. and should be given that platform. I, I look at motorsport as a triangle, okay? And at the bottom, you've got, say, you know, eight-year-old carters. If 50% of those eight-year-old carters were girls, then the statistics as you go up the ladder all the way up to Formula One that's at the top of that triangle. You've got 20 drivers in the world who mm. race Formula One. If you, have, if you start at the base of that triangle with 50% girls, the chances are you will get two three maybe all the way up it is a numbers game there is nothing physically stopping us doing it at all but I had the door opened by my dad so I urge anyone who is listening if you love motorsport and you're going to you know Brands Hatch Silverstone you know next year or whenever just say to any any young girl you know that you know a niece or something like that, just say, do you want to come with me? Let's go out for the day. Let's yeah. do this. And just open the door and show, you know, show what's on offer. Yeah, because yeah, it is infectious, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, massively. And you don't even have to go and be a racing driver. You can be, you can be an engineer, a designer, a marshal, work, in, work at a circuit. Any, there, are, there are so many opportunities now for you to go and do that. So full-on girl power <laughs> too right <laughs> too right i love it i love it and the passion as i say that's i mean it's it's, it's inspiring actually Nikki. now earlier we were speaking to rory and grace now i'm going to drop you in it a little bit oh because no. or rather i'm going to drop them in it a little bit because we were talking about how fifth gear is now recharged it's now all electric yeah and for them they're the easy adopters they're the people that who are already purists on on an ev scale we know that rory is a big fan already grace clearly something of an expert in electric vehicles 
Now, they did say, they were through you under the bus a little bit. <laughs> they said that Jason and yourself, you still love your V8s. You needed yeah. a lot more convincing. Yeah. What's this journey like been for you now that you're focusing the whole show's energies on electric vehicles? Well, I actually run a hybrid car, so I've got a Ford Cougar. So it's my, fir my first step Is that step just because of the name? I've got headphones on. That was wonderful. <laughs> That's going to be a ringtone for me. <laughs> So I can do about 30 miles on electric-only range, okay? But then, of course, I've got the great backup of, a, of an engine that I can go and fuel up at a petrol station. And I love the fact that I can potter about my city in electric-only mode, do loads of errands on that, come back and then plug it in. I feel content and a tiny bit smug doing it on electric mode. So I really get that. I'm not quite ready yet in my hectic life where I easily do you know 400 miles in a day I haven't got the patience to do a couple of hundred miles yeah. sit and wait and plug in and you know that it just it, it's not quite going to work for me yet but I'm very excited about electric stuff we've driven some amazing electric cars and also I'm quite a champion of e-fuel as well because come 2030 the petrol pump is not going to turn off Correct. you know we yeah. we don't have we've still got decades of uh, some sort of ev evolution of fuels you know I, and i just think that e-fuels will take the place of unleaded and diesel because we still need to run those lovely yeah. you know 1980s aston martin vantages or whatever yeah. <laughs> we do well and you're you're so right to point that out actually because it is a question that that even i get asked which is you know I think people are assuming in 2030 there won't be any petrol or diesel. No, of course they will. Yeah. It's still going to be probably the primary fuel for, for most people, I'd have yeah, thought, in the years, UK. Many, many years. Yeah. Whether it'll be at the current prices, I mm. imagine it's going to yeah. see a bit of a hike. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but don't say that because then everyone's just going to rush out and like fill up yeah, jelly no cans more, and put <laughs> no more panic buying, <laughs> please, yeah. for goodness sake. It'll be, it'll be like, uh, you know, remember the millennium bug? You know, oh, just yes. before Millennium yeah. and everything was about to just stop. Oh, all well, your yeah. computers will stop working and all of that. <laughs> yeah. So send your text messages now. If you love someone, you've got to tell them before 11.59. <laughs> oh, how naive of thing. we were. All of that. Yeah, just <laughs> the clocks are going to stop. It'll be like that, you know, on the, on the kind of 31st of December. 2029, just jerry cans, yeah. there's yeah. no fuel left. Tumbleweed <laughs> <laughs> at petrol stations. <laughs> People showing up with plastic bags again. Do you know that happened? Oh. People, I mean, it did come happen. On. It did happen. Yeah. Absolutely Dear me. Mm. So what's the best thing about the new show? T tell us, why, oh. why should we be watching it? I think because we will hold your hand and answer all the questions that you have got as to, is it the right time for me to change now? Is it hybrid the stepping stone? Is it the right one? Should I spend... 70 grand on a Tesla or will a 50 grand Hyundai do the job? Mm. All those sort of things. We, we, we're here for you. I'm loving this. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Just give us your top three EVs that you have experienced. Because clearly, I mean, I'm assuming the Lambo is going to fall into the EV category. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I can quite shoehorn that one in. <laughs> I think the Hyundai Ionic for me was great. Rory yeah. and I went around the North Coast 500 in Scotland in that. It's a good looking thing, it's actually. It's really yeah. futuristic. Yeah. But it's a Blade Runner funky. car. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Then Jason and I were in Norway and we tested a car called a NIO, NIO yeah. from China. That was pretty game changing. And then I think for me, this, oh, oh no, there were so many. I think I'll have to go for the Porsche Taycan, which is 
for me, I think probably the best example of how you can combine a sports car with German engineering mm. and, and great electric power. I mean, it can go sideways. And if an electric car can go sideways, I'm a happy girl. <laughs> Do you know, it, that gets such a good press from everyone, mm. actually, because there, there are, of course, kind of people that push back against EVs. We know this. There are certain journalists and certain members of the community that just don't want them. No, mm. there's no place for them. And yet it does strike me that everyone that's actually driven a Taycan, Taycan, however you're supposed to pronounce it, seems to love it. Yeah. But I, honestly, if you have got the opportunity to go and test drive one at your local... Porsche dealership or on the second hand market then just go and have a little dabble because you will then understand why we all think it's so good yeah. and it has the super fast charging facility as well doesn't it yeah, in, yeah, in like it two or three places that you can do it in so if you live close to one of them you're set yeah I'm not sure where they are, but they're not. Yeah. They're, all I know is they're not near enough to me. My local Porsche dealership happens to have one, and they very kindly offered me a drive. So oh. uh, we'll go together. Oh, Perfect. Okay. Well, yeah, well then, yeah. Please yeah. do. Please yeah. do, because the more cars that you experience, electric or not, the better choice you will make. Yeah. And you don't want to be stuck with a, you know, oh my dad's always had. Vauxhall, so I'm going to buy a Vauxhall. Just go and try. Go and try. The That's dealerships it. are out there for you to. Use and abuse. Vicky <laughs> <laughs> uh, Butler Henderson told me yeah. to use and abuse this. So yeah, Vicky yes. sent me here. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be sick. No, Vicky, last one for you. And I, I realise we're, we're running out of time now, but I'm never mind EVs right now. I give you a blank check. It's John Marcus money. He's a super fan, so he'll fund whatever you want. Awesome. If you, if you could buy just one car, oh. just one. Mm-hmm. You, the only condition is you have to have driven it. Doesn't yeah. have, doesn't have to be the exact one you drove, but okay, you cool. see what I mean. Yeah. What are you buying? Okay. So money's no object. He's oh, a wealthy yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. This is EV so only, is this? No, not no, EV. Oh, oh, right. could be oh, oh gosh. So um, this year I've launched a YouTube channel, Clang. <laughs> <laughs> That's so progressive of you. It's called it? the Car Girl, and in it I have driven a Lamborghini Huracan rear-wheel drive mm. V10. Okay. I have never experienced um, turbulence in a car before wow. <laughs> till I'd driven that car. Wow. And that was the closest sensations that I could get in a modern car that you can buy today with my all-time favorite ever car, which is a Lamborghini Diablo GT. <laughs> so, and that was a V12, V12. They made 80 of those, and when I was on another car show on the BBC. I, f- I filmed that, and I felt that I'd met my match in metal with that Lamborghini Diablo GT. So if I could, please, could I have yeah, the Diablo GT and then the Huracan rear-wheel drive? Oh, you're taking two. Oh, yeah, I mean, of course. why not? I mean, I can drive two cars at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Uh, brilliant. I mean, look. T- I know that's not, I'm not really on, on message, am I, no, with any electric No, but stuff? I love it. No, but do you know what? That, that has proven why people should be watching. You know, that, that's the whole point, is mm. that you love your cars. Yeah. And the fact that you've stayed with Fifth Gear, despite the fact that they've said, we're now all electric, is, is testament to the fact that actually there's some great electric out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're really, and, and it's just going to get better because it, with each generation and each incarnation of a model, things improve. And the te- if you're a tech geek, whoa, welcome yeah. to the world of electric. They, yeah. It's just tech city. It's com- they're computers on wheels, really. Mm. That's great fun. So listen, Fifth Gear Recharged. It's available right now on Discovery Plus and from the 2nd of December on, is it Quest? Quest, yeah. Yeah, all right. I love it. Oh, thank you, boys. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And 
Um, I, I wish everyone a, a wonderful rest of the year and Merry Christmas. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, <laughs> that's the first, first Christmas had. wish we've had. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you've had a tree up for weeks, haven't you? <laughs> December the 1st, it's doing it. <laughs> the Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.